This is the Sounders FC Soccer Postmatch Show on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Sounders FC Soccer is brought to you by Redap. Accelerate your utilization of cloud. Learn more at redap.com. By ProLiance Surgeons, providing convenient same-day surgery and individualized care. ProLiance Surgeons is the hospital alternative. By Washington's Lottery. Just imagine what you'd do if you won. Play today. By Bill Corum's Puyallup Nissan. Easy like Sunday morning. And by Car Toys. A better way to go. The Sounders FC post-match show starts now. A flurry of goals to start the second half between the Seattle Sounders and Portland Timbers, but ultimately a 74th minute header by Laris Mabiala wins it for Portland. Five Timbers in the box. Valeri, another great service. Headed down and in the back of the net. It's Mabiala once again. From 10 yards out, Mabiala puts Portland up 3 2 in the 74th. Welcome to the Sounders FC postgame show on your new home for the Seattle Sounders. Sports Radio 950 KJR. Jackson Feltz, former Sounder captain Danny Jackson, Seattle University head coach Pete Fewing, up here in the booth at CenturyLink Field. Unfortunately, guys, I really didn't want to have to say this, but this is the first time in MLS has history that Portland Timbers have come here in the regular season and won, Danny. It, it's a tough, tough afternoon for everybody concerned. Fans in the stand, us up here having to talk about this, another loss. You know, when you, you put two goals on the board at home, you'd expect to come away with a win or at least a tie but to give up three goals against your arch nemesis portland in the way that they were given up right when you think about mabiala scoring two um, brian meredith making a great save off one i mean all from the same cross all from the same run um those are the tough things to swallow for for schmetz you can have all the tactics right you can have technically tactically you can be sharp but at the end of the day um, as we all know, corner kicks are about one-on-ones, are about you know, who wants to get there, who wants to block out, who wants to win that ball. They are, of any situation in a game, they really are the quintessential 1v1 battle. I'm against you, who's going to win this ball coming in the box? And unfortunately, today, the Portland Timbers got on top of the Sounders. Especially when you know it's coming. Yeah, I'm certain exactly. that that was in the scouting report. We talked it before the game, we talked at halftime. Yeah. Restarts, make sure you've got to win your duels. And it does come down to those individual battles. A tough one. you got to give credit to the Portland Timbers. Valeri on his service. Uh, the, the header, the, the, the third goal. Uh, I'll tell you what, Mabiola, that, he got up. His oh. power. Yeah. Against to Chad Marshall, right, who is as good in the air as anybody Three in the Three-time defender of the year. And, yeah. and you know, I, I say this probably every nine games. Kids, watch this at home. His technique, getting up with the power that he had to smash that home. Yeah. I asked Casey on the way out, hey, do you fault Meredith on any goal? He says no. no. And, and frankly, all five goals, you couldn't blame the goalkeeper on anyone. They were terrific goals. Seattle, unfortunately, on the wrong end of the score. You know, when you think about possession, yes, we had 57% or so of possession. You know, how much of that was in the offensive third of the field? How much do we really challenge the goalkeeper? And I think the other challenge, when you look at Paul, you, you unfortunately... I hate to do it, but you've got to give him some credit. As an away team performance, <laughs> yeah. they counted extremely quickly. They caught us on the break a number of times, including their second goal, and they were dominant on set pieces. And when you put out the perfect type of game as an away team going into a hostile environment, you want to be quick on the transition, quick on the counter if you could absorb pressure and give them possession, and you've got to finish on, uh, on set pieces. And uh, 
and they, they did just that. Yeah, Look. I don't I don't think the possession is something that Schmetzer is going to look at and go, okay, it's good we had it. It's are you getting penetrating runs? Right. Are you finding dangerous situations? I think a lot of teams are saying, hey, let Seattle have the ball, create a, a wall in front of yep. them from uh, either at the edge of the 18 or 30, and let them go around and around because it's it's becoming quite predictable to defend against possession without any kind of right. opportunity created isn't really that effective right when we, when we play a 4-2-3-1 with a will Bruin type of player up front we talked all about all, all the time about outside delivery he's the type of player he needs good delivery in the box he's not going to hit it from 25 yards he's not going to beat a guy 1v1 on the dribble he needs good delivery and when you look at the stats today three of the shots that we had in the game were from inside the box Again, you know, if you get a score with the type of lineup that we have on the field, with a Will Bruin, you've got to have more quality deliveries going in the box, more incisive passes, as Peter's talked about, going in the channels, in behind, turn the defense, challenge that back four. For me, the back four, it was just a little bit too easy for Portland today. They're able to play solid and flat. They weren't being challenged in behind too much. They weren't being challenged with Will Bruin playing back to goal, bringing in other guys around the box. Um, yeah, yeah, tough one for Brian, tough one. We're going to hear from Brian Schmetzer at his post-match press conference momentarily here on the Sounders FC post-game show. Let's take a break right now really quick. I don't want to miss any of it. So we'll be right back on the Sounders FC post-game show. Sounders fall 3-2 to two today to the Portland Timbers at Central Link Field. You're listening to the new home of Sounders FC, Seattle's Sports Radio 950, KJR. Seattle Sounders fall 3-2 today to the Portland Timbers. Welcome back to the Sounders FC postgame show. You're listening to the new home for the Seattle Sounders Sports Radio 950 KJR. Jackson Feltz, Danny Jackson, Pete Fewing up here in the booth. Going to momentarily hear from Brian Schmetzer at his postgame press conference as he's about to sit down. But it is time for today's Alcatel play of the match. Chad Marshall equalized this at 2 in the 68th minute. Ladero to the spot. Marshall! in the air we're all even in the 68 Chad Marshall left alone gets around his man slams the back of the net with that header and this game all knotted up at two today's play of the match is presented by Alcatel the official smartphone and tablet partner of Seattle Sanders FC it was Chad Marshall's first goal of the year it's funny Pete we were joking up in there in the booth there the exact things we were talking about at halftime getting balls into the box there and, and also, on the first goal where the Sounders had it, Victor Rodriguez there on the score sheet there, it's about getting speed on that back end, and it's a, it's a great cross. He puts in the back end on the good side for Seattle, because it should be noted on the two goals. It's good to see this team score two. It looked for a little bit there like, all right, the momentum's picking up, the momentum's picking up, and then every time Portland just kept coming back. Yeah, it was a great goal, Seattle's first goal. Ladero plays a great ball into the space. Victor Rodriguez gets there first. Pretty fearless, to be honest. Uh, th those are one that you can run right into the keeper, even the post. Does a great job to keep his focus, put the ball on target for the defender. It's very tough to play a ball that's in up over your head and behind you. Uh, Seattle needs more of those. There's, If you're going to look, the two goals that Seattle scored, those are something that Seattle's got to continue to replicate. The service on the corner kick was fantastic. Uh, the ball in was fantastic. Seattle has to create those a lot more. And the one that was scored, uh, Victor Rodriguez's goal in the run of play, the reason it worked, it was simple. It was a ball to the right side, touch, cut inside, and then ball played over the top. 
when Seattle gets it, puts their foot on it, and comes back around, it makes it so much easier. Danny, to you, for you today, right, when Seattle's playing like that, it's, you just organize. You keep everything in front of you. Yep. The, the first goal Seattle scored, they've got to find ways to replicate that. Well, it is, and, and it is a back four, and it's certainly a central defender. You're organizing your two defensive mids. I mean, Chara, Olam, they were solid today. And again, how do you challenge those players? Sliding left and right and just keeping nice balance, it's easy. It's an easy day at the office, but when players are trying to challenge him, I look at the stats again today. We talked about, you know, uh, shots from inside the box. The Sounds really only had three, and with a guy like Bruin on the field, you need more. I look at offsides. We had one offside. And I think when you watch a lot of games and you see forwards playing on the shoulder of a back four, always try to get that advantage, right? You're really always playing right on that line. You're trying to get that half-yard advantage. You can get in on goal, score a goal. Midfield players are f trying to find those slots, find those channels. To have one offside is a little bit indicative of our lack of balance sometimes in the way that we play. We try we play More good risk-taking. More risk-taking. Find yeah. those channels. Get a guy making a blind run, you know, in behind. Little diagonals coming off the outside. And we've been talking about risk-taking for months now. You know, and again... <laughs> One offside, there should be multiple, yeah. and you say, oh, God, stop being offside, but they're trying. They're trying to get on the channel. They're trying to spin in behind. Again, that drops a back four off. It allows more space for a Dempsey Ladero to pick up those balls in soft areas between the midfield line and the back four. Getting in behind is not just about creating chances on goal for that forward. It allows midfield players more time, and it challenges the back four of the other team to make decisions, make them feel uncomfortable, which sometimes in that offensive third of the field, again, being predictable. We talked about the relationship between Will Bruin and Clint Dempsey. Yeah. Somewhat non-existent today. We also talked about service wide. When If Will can make that near post run, that does open a space. It draws a defender, draws the keeper to make uh, uh, some kind of positional move, and then opens it up for Clint. But that, those two, the running off of each other, the combinations with each other, the service from the flank, beyond the goal, that was a terrific yeah. ball from Nicholas Ladero to cut inside and hit that back space, but it wasn't there today. But you've got to say, you know, in the end of the day, the Sounders scored two good goals, as you said, Pete. You know, Portland did execute their chances. They broke well for the second goal. They delivered great balls as well from Valeri. Got up and won those individual battles, 1v1, getting the ball in the back of the net. So, you know, at the end of the day, you can, you can break things down uh, for the Sounders and kind of seek out answers of why we didn't get the win. But you've got to give the Portland Timbers a little bit of credit as well. They came in, did a job, and got the three points. Sounders fall 3-2 to two today to the Portland Timbers here at CenturyLink Field. You're listening to the Sounders FC postgame show on your new home for the Seattle Sounders. Sports Radio 950 KJR. Continue on with this game, and I think it should be noted. Just because Brian Meredith was out there, you can't say that it was this was a loss was on Meredith. Meredith had a fantastic first half, and a lot of the, both those Mabiala headers those aren't on Brian Meredith because because that is just a guy outworking his guys, you know, missing him in the box, whatever. That's Mabiala credit to him more than anything. So I think it should be noted just really quickly. This is not on on Meredith. Well, I, I think at all. Yeah, I agree with you. I he kept a clean sheet for the first half. Brian Meredith will be upset. He will find a way, course, especially yeah, on the yeah. third goal. It wasn't uh, necessarily in the corner. It was great power. It was terrific power. And, and Brian, you know, there's not only so much you can do. You can't right. dive that early <laughs> and guess that quick. He yeah. will take it on the chin himself. He'll be upset about it, but he'll be the only one in that locker room. Coaches, players, Tommy Dutra, the goalkeeper coach, all the players. No one's going to look at him, but he's a competitor. And... That's how he should be. And he showed some yeah. great leadership out there, too. Yeah, he did. He was yeah. yelling at guys. Yeah. Yeah. He was good. He was decisive in the first half. He, he had two really good punches yeah. uh, that were decisive. And, and not only decisive, but 
very effective. They went a good 30 yards. So, yeah, he had a good game. He's going to be uh, disappointed with giving up three it, goals. It's interesting. When you think about how the game's evolved, I think Brian Schmetz is walking up, and we can finish that thought later. Yeah, Brian Schmetzer, head coach of the Seattle Sanders, starting his post-game press conference right now on Sports Radio 950 KJR. Coach, kind of maybe blossomed within the lost and victory scores his first goal since the Western Conference finals last season. How important is it for a player who's coming back from injury to bag a goal on? Yeah, it was good. It was a it was a very well crafted goal in the sense that you know Nico was doing some hard work in the right wing channel uh, Victor makes a good run good ball good finish um, you know so we're we're pleased with that you know that he could get off the score sheet again guys are streaky sometimes with their confidence and hopefully that gives him a, a good boost in his confidence but I think his uh, challenge has been his knee that's been bugging him and I think he's finally getting over that I think that injury is has gone away for the most part so that's that's why you're seeing an uh, increase in the quality of his play stretch Brian your thoughts on Brian Mayer's uh, performance it was good I mean we made that really really tremendous save in the first half um, I don't want to fault him for any of the three goals so he came in and, and did a good job. I, I thought he was good. Yes, sir. Can you explain the thought process behind changing both fullbacks at the same time? Well, Christian, when I played uh, Christian there, he's not a right back. Jordan McCrary had the plantar fasciitis, and Kelvin is injured. Um, so when McCrary was healthy, I felt I could go with him and put Christian back in his natural position. And then on the left side, Nuhu uh, is a great kid. You know, he's got tons of potential, but I think he needs a little bit of seasoning. We had ran him out there five games, really, literally five games in a row when we were playing with a four-man back line. And I think his final product needs to be worked on. I think some of his defending needs to be worked on, so plenty of potential there. Um, but, you know, we thought that we were gonna have uh, more possession of the ball today because they sit and counter. Mm -hmm. And Waylon, we feel, is a little bit uh, more uh, creative in the final final, final third. Jeff? Right, the second half was kind of freewheeling for the second week in a row. Where do you draw the line of balance between wanting them to be more explosive on attack and, and having them get back? Well, we talked we talked all week about you know being a little bit more disciplined in our attack and our approach to the game, and you know in the second half there were passes that you know weren't completed that led to directly to their counterattacks. You know there was some you know unbalance in the group when we were in possession and the ball turns over. Uh, and that's important because as you attack, you always have to make sure that you're covered in case the ball does turn over so that you can prevent counterattacks. So it's something that, that we worked on. Uh, we showed them film. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think their, their you know, two set-piece goals were, you know, set-piece goals. And the one was the counterattack goal uh, that, that cost us. Matt? 
Uh, you had mentioned yesterday how bringing in Raul would kind of raise the spirits of the group entirely. Um, is that still something you can build off of, or having lost at home to your rival, does that bring you guys right back down to earth? That brings us right back down to earth, Matt. This is a this is a really really tough loss. You know, no player, new player, whatever. Uh, this is going to sting. It's going to sting for a long time. Uh, you know, I think the energy in the building. I appreciated the crowd. It was good. I think everybody sensed it before the game, and so to disappoint the people certainly will wear on us. Well, the current state of affairs is not good. We have to be realistic. It's not good. Um, we've really put ourselves in a hole. So the work that we do during a week to prepare for games, the effort that I think that the guys show, I think all of that is there. Um, but at some point, we as coaches need to take responsibility for what we do, and players on the field need to take responsibility for what they do. And we are not going to give up. We will continue to try and, you know, train well. Players will continue to win games. And we'll see if we can't start winning a couple games to make that gap smaller. And then, you know, once the team starts believing a little bit, once the team starts scoring some goals, once we get a couple wins, then we can talk about is it too late or not. Uh, too high on the stand to this point that you guys took off. Is there any similarities that you see right now between, in terms of your capabilities and what you guys can do in terms of potentially taking off? No, I think, uh, you know, in, in 16 when Ladero came, it was a big boost. So hopefully we won't be too far in the table before Rui Diaz sees the field. Um, in 17, we kind of found a way to play you know, the, the, the cohesion amongst the group was good and we started winning a bunch of games. I think we only lost two out of our last 18. Um, those two things both can happen still. Just a question of whether we're in too deep of a hole or not. All right. Your guys' set piece defending this year has been pretty good, uh, pretty solid. Uh, is there anything you saw today as diagnosis what seemed to be an issue? I think you got to credit Mabiala. I think, uh, you know, both goals were good. We actually changed the matchups. Kim Kihi was on him first, and then we put Chad on him. So, you know, at some point you got to credit them. Uh, you know, he scored two goals against our two center backs. You know, you, you, you look, at, look at MLS and set-piece goals are important. You know, you look at Chad Marshall getting the best of Mabiella on, on our second goal. You know, those are important. So we will, we will work on that in training to make sure that we're a little bit uh, sharper in our defending inside the box. So you clearly felt coming with Rudy Diaz, but on the day in terms of uh, choices in the final third and tactics, uh, do you think that the attack's a little bit too predictable right now? I would probably say that. You know, I think teams, you know, have the film scouting reports, um, you know, we, 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 we,
play the way we do. I mean, Victor was the one that, you know, opened the game up a little bit on the left-hand side, and he provides a little width, but we know Nico likes to pinch in, and then we need our right back to get up and down the field. I think that's who we are, and it's not a bad thing. I mean, it is who we are. It's just, you know, had we been a little bit more patient, talked about possession, you know, then our team looks good. Then it is predictable, but it's predictable and it's successful. And I just think we, you know, we had a couple of, you know, loose passes, bad decisions, forced balls in there, and that's what led to their counterattacks. Miles, you saw him? Yeah, on that, are the guys making the runs to give the ball, the person with the ball, the space so the patience is there? Or is there, when you talk about the lack of creativity going on in the third, well, I don't know if it's, you know, lack of creativity or whether it's just pressing. Um, you know, today we had 20 open play crosses. We had, you know, shots inside the box, outside the box. Um, we're getting some clean looks. Uh, you know, I, I just think that we need to execute sometimes our plays a little bit better, our, our final passing, uh, you know, like on Nico's goal. That was a well-crafted, well-executed goal. We just need more of those. Uh, Coach, uh, your first goal came pretty quickly after their first goal. Your second goal came reasonably soon after. Is there anything uh, that you can build on to take into the locker room from that? Well, I told him after the game, I said, you know, it's challenging. It's a difficult time in our, in our, in our club, but they don't quit. They keep fighting. That's the reason why we respond well um, in all of our matches. We don't give up. So that's just testament to the guys in that locker room. Spencer, you still have one? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, Coach mentioned the uh, like reasoning for bringing in different fullbacks uh, in the starting 11. Uh, with the two late subs, uh, do you feel pretty good about how the team played, or how would you assess how they played after those two subs? Well, I had felt that, you know, we had put our best team out there. So, uh, you know, the game was close up until, you know, the 74th minute uh, at 2-2. You know, again, the flow of that game, 2-2, we're at home, keep some possession, you know, wear them down a little bit. You know, we got a lift after Chad's goal, and then we get a little rushed, and we give up the third. Then, you know, it was bringing on fresh legs, uh, trying to get uh, new who in the game to bring fresh legs because it was uh, Whalen's first start in a bit. You know, Harry had provided us some assists. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that that's just the flow of the game. And then at the end, you know, we pushed Chad Marshall up. You know, maybe I could have subbed the center back and brought Magnus on, but, you know, that's, that's just the way we, we went with him. Time for a few follow-ups. Yeah, Steve. Armin Terrace has been a real handful for you guys, first as a sub in Portland and then yeah. as a starter today. What is it that you think he adds to their attack that makes him so dangerous? Well, he works. He's a big, strong kid. You know, he's, uh, he's a handful. So it's, it's, it's uh, you know, replacement for Audi, another strong, powerful forward. It suits their, you know, Christmas tree formation. So he's been a good find for them. Yeah, Mark. You, you talk about uh, taking responsibility for the things that you can control. 
Uh, with this being the fourth loss at home this season, um, what are some things that you, you as a coaching staff or maybe the players can do going forward to make sure that uh, this place turns into a fortress like it has been in previous seasons? Well, we, we, we will always, in, in the background, when we watch the film and we discuss things as a staff and discuss things with the group, uh, we always try and hold ourselves accountable for, you know, okay, this was what we worked on during the week. These were the goals that we wanted to accomplish in the game. And then we as a staff say, okay, did we accomplish our goals? what worked, what didn't work as a staff first. And then we relay that information. We have the same conversation with the team. Okay, this is what we worked on a week in training. Okay, did it work, did it not work? What did you guys see? How did you feel? And you get a little dialogue going amongst players and coaches, and you try and correct things. So we will again continue to try and do that and see if we can't turn this around. Last couple of miles. Yeah, on, on Valeri, what was the we know he's a good player we know him extremely extremely well and so the idea there is to limit him in transition moments that's that's the idea so if you're looking at a set piece deliveries yes they're great that's two out of the three and you know his assist Armenteros was obviously on a on a transition moment where again I'll have to watch it exactly how it manifested itself but you know he's very very dangerous we always wanted to keep him under control as we were possessing the ball we had Ozzy or Christian trying to be close to him or one of the outside fullbacks pinching in trying to be close to him anything else guys great thank you see the locker room that was that was head coach Brian Schmetzer following the Seattle Sounders 3-2 loss here at CenturyLink Field to the Portland Timbers today. Portland Timbers' first win in the MLS regular season here at CenturyLink Field. Uh, Brian Schmetzer said that it's a tough loss. It's going to sting for a long time. You're listening to the Sounders FC postgame show, by the way, here. Jackson Feltz, former Sounder captain Danny Jackson, and Seattle University head coach Pete Fewing. Danny, uh, some, some comments there from Brian Schmetzer. Let's first get the initial takeaways from you, both both of you, on what he said. Well, I think disappointment certainly kind of, uh, you can hear it in his voice. I'm sure the team feel exactly the same as he said. The team will carry it. That disappointment forward, it's not just a loss at home. The fourth at home is, as was mentioned, towards the end of the press conference. But against, obviously, your arch rival as well, you always want to kind of hold that that, that fortress element that, that, that CenturyLink is. And let's, let's not forget, this is a, a stadium that teams enjoy to come to and play. You play in front of 45 plus thousand fans, packed house almost every game. You're playing at 130, good weather, not too hot. It's a good environment for teams to come in, enjoy and play and be motivated, which is a challenge for a home team like the Sounders, which you've got to give credit across the, 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 uh, the reign of Brian Schmetzer. We've had an extremely strong record here are going against motivated teams coming in here. But yes, I think Brian's message now is going to be, as we've Pete, you and I have talked about it. It doesn't matter how you get points. You just have to figure out a way to get a win. If it's ugly and you get three points, so be it. You go to Colorado on July 4th, you've got to get a win. I mean, there is, when you talk about must-wins, we talked about it you know, in March, in April, in May, in pre-games. Is it a must-win? There is no doubt in my mind that the game on Wednesday, Wednesday I think, the game on Wednesday against Colorado is an absolute must-win. And I think the message from Brian is, you know what? 
go away. Take take a day or so to think about it. We're going to get back to it. We're going to get on the road. But focus on doing your job because whatever happens, they've got to grind out a result and get three points on Wednesday. The good news is Colorado plays at Vancouver tomorrow, yep. 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So Not they, a strong team, yep. you know, but hey. Yeah, and the Colorado's the right team to play. Right. If you're going to go play on the road right now. You know, I'm thinking about, as a coach, you. Uh, we've had situations... Uh, for me, I think it was 2012, 13, and we just we had a good year the year before. Went to the NCAA tournament, and then really came out of the gates slow and poorly. And so we're at St. Mary's, and all of a sudden I say, "Okay, hey, give me some feedback, right?" And then and we didn't leave the locker room until we had some answers. And there were some things that we could do as coaches better. Uh, we got that, and uh, and then we started to take off and get things back on track. But you know, players. Chad Marshall is going to say, "I hey, I cannot let my guy right. out-muscle me yeah. on a corner kick. I can't let him get the ball first. Yes, Chad scored a great goal. Chad would exchange his goal for giving up goals defensively because right. that's how he's wired. But I think the players, uh, they, the coaches, are, Brian does the right things. He asks the players questions. They're certainly not going to say, hey, this is all on you. He's going to take responsibility for it. But the players maybe have to get together and say, yeah. hey, you know what? And sometimes, Danny, you had to do this. You and I, in the, in the pregame talk, we had, we had a pregame show. We had Roger Levesque. And, and Danny and I are walking back across from the Elysian to the CenturyLink up to the press box. I'm saying, what a great team you played on. You had you, and you had Roger, and you had Zach Scott, and you had Leighton O'Brien. Taylor Graham. Taylor Graham. And it's... Those were guys that that really were strong leaders. They were all banded together. And the Sounders right now, as a group, collectively, they need to band together. They need each other. They need leaders. Yeah, they, and they, they need do. to be accountable to each other, and, and they need to hold each other accountable. And, and they've got to roll their sleeves up. And yep. hopefully, you said it, Danny, going to Colorado, hopefully that's... That's a turning point. Right, and I, I think we've talked about it in the last couple of weeks. Leadership comes in a variety of different ways. It doesn't have to be rah-rah, grab a guy by the scruff of the neck. It can be carrying a team on, on, on your back, scoring goals, putting a team forward like that. You know, I was looking at an interesting stat. In 2017, the playoff line was at 46 points. 2016, it's at, it was at 46 points. We're at 12 right now. That gives us 34 points we have to make up to give ourselves a shot. We've got 19 games left, played 15. We've got to get almost two points a game. And I think Brian made the comment, and he made it a couple of times today, they're going to be clearly aware of where they are at now. These are big boys. They can start to say, hey, listen, wins, wins. It doesn't even matter how you play. You know, Brian says, you know, yes, we are predictable. We've talked about that. You know, you've got to have an... You've got to be unpredictable, especially in the offensive half of the field. How are you going to score goals? Go in behind, shoot from distance, whip crosses in, set pieces. That danger on goal has got to come from a variety of different ways but they have been successful I'll give Brian that but as a player you know that you have to adapt during the game going away from home into hostile environments you play a different way Portland came in today played on the counter they were successful they executed on set pieces we do have to evolve our game a little bit where yes you can be predictable but you've got to be able to change it up at times when right. you have to to find that goal, to put your foot on the, on the accelerator, to play away from home in, in tough spots when it's hot. You can't just play the same way and expect to win. You've got to change it up. And again, it's about rolling your sleeves up and just driving at three points now. And we'll see if that predictability and that you know creativity comes with simply putting Raul Rui Diaz into the lineup. That won't come, though, for another three matches. That's I mean, the earliest he could play would be Atlanta on July 15th. You know, and and maybe it is that simple where you put a guy with a whole bunch of speed in there, and you're you stretch the defense more, and it just 
instantly changes everything. But that's just that's right now just a thought. That's just now on paper. Actually doing it's a whole other part of it. You're doing a bit of a disservice to Raul if that's what the expectation is. Hey, come put your team on the back. <laughs> yeah. He needs people around him. Right. He does. You know, you know, what you're seeing in the World Cup right now is not individuals winning. It's teams winning, yeah. right? Uh, France, Belgium. It's not the individuals of Messi or Ronaldo. It's, it's, in, it's a team effort. So... Uh, we can't wait till July fifteenth. Yeah. They won't wait till July fifteenth. That's not in their DNA. I, I, we've said this so many times in in situations where Seattle's coming off a loss. Hey, the good news: there's a game Wednesday, uh-huh. right? <laughs> and so and so they've got to get themselves right quickly. Uh, I, I do love the fact that Colorado's at Vancouver tomorrow. Uh, their turnaround time is a little bit quicker, shorter than Seattle's. Uh, they've got to get that get to. Uh, Colorado fast. It feels like Groundhog's Day. <laughs> the different well, we've been saying it a lot. Yeah. yeah, we've been saying it a lot. You know, and I think Seattle in in previous years very good on the road. They enjoyed being on the road, and they there was a collective uh, bond that came together. I think there's almost a relief. Hey, let's go on the road and find our way. So they've got to find that. They've got to bring that back. You know, I, I look back on my career and different coaches I had with different ways that they communicate to the team after after uh, after loss and after being on a, on, a, on a bad run. And yes, you need some confidence building you are down as a team but you've also got to play with a little bit of fear fear for your job fear for your position on the team you know brian schmetz is 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 the quintessential optimistic guy right you know yes last couple of weeks he's he's sounded down of course he is he carries that weight on his shoulders but why not be a grouch just an open up whip guys into shape you know it can't just come from the locker room it's got to come from the coach that the demand's got to be there these are big boys they're professionals it is you know as Brian mentioned in his uh, his interview yesterday at practice you know they've had conversations with Will Bruin right we talked about that in pre-game with Rui Diaz coming in obviously going to be in the starting lineup and going to start to play but I agree with you Pete I mean at some point um Multiple guys have got to start stepping up and banding together and be able to support the new guy coming in. And the hole cannot be too deep. Three games, if, to your point, Jackson, if this continues on and we don't grind out results, mathematically, it's never going to be over until it's over. Yeah. But when you start getting above at the two-point-per-game threshold, then it gets to be real tough. To be able to switch that. Yes, it happened in 2016, but to switch that. That hole wasn't so deep. We are getting to the point of double figures in points, the separation between us and the, uh, the playoffs. There's more teams in our division now, right? That, you know, you've got to hope for not just us going on a, on a great run, but teams, multiple teams falling by the wayside. So, um, yeah, you've got to take care of your own business, but you've also got to start relying on a few others. Brian is the kind of coach the players want to play for and want to please, no question. And he doesn't have to say too much. To, to let them know he's displeased. Yeah. It can be a look. I've, yeah. I've seen the look. And it can be a look of displeasure, and that can lift some guys up. This is, again, this is where a Chad Marshall, because he did his job on the offensive side, and he got beat on the defensive side. So if he says in the locker room, if he raises his hand and says, hey, it's not good enough, right? That That is a starting point. They've got to get a starting point to get ready for Wednesday. Well, as we've talked about, yes, exactly. July 4th, that's going to be the next match for Seattle. We'll talk a little bit about that. Go over the MLS Scores of the Week World Cup. That's all coming up next on the Sounders FC postgame show. Seattle Sounders fall 3-2 to two today to the Portland Timbers here at CenturyLink Field. We'll be right back on the Sounders FC postgame show. You're listening to the new home of Sounders FC, Seattle Sports Radio 950, KJR. Welcome back to the Sounders FC postgame show. You're listening to the new home of the Seattle Sounders, Sports Radio 950 KJR. 
Seattle falls 3-2 today to the Portland Timbers. An exciting second half. Just under 30 minutes and five goals were scored. Three for Portland, two for Seattle. It's Laris Mabiala with two header goals. That's the difference here in this one. Rolling through some other MLS scores this weekend. There's only one final to really give news on. That's yesterday's FC Dallas over Minnesota United FC 1-0. A whole bunch of matches today. Matches currently in progress. Atlanta United leads Orlando City 1-0. And Montreal and Kansas City are scoreless. Both of those matches just in about the 20th minute now uh, in those. And a lot more matches coming. Coming up uh, to today and then tomorrow, Vancouver playing Colorado. Uh, another score to report from this week uh, happened right here at CenturyLink Field. The Sports Radio 950 KJR staff falling to the listener team in our Kick and Cancer at CenturyLink Field event. Final score of that one was 9-6. to six. Happy to report that I recorded a hat-trick in that one. Our MVP, Slavic, he scored four goals as well. And uh, one injury to uh, speak of. Danny, how you feeling? <laughs> my, my eye is still half shut. Uh, so, so Thank you. Everybody you kicked him in the head. For, yeah. So, the head. so for those who don't know the backstory here, we had a we had a match here at Benefited Strong Against Cancer, and uh, it was great. We had li- a whole bunch of listeners come out. We played a six versus six soccer match. The KJR staff, Danny Jackson and Wade Weber, played as well. Wade Weber, S two assistant coach. Uh, it was for a great cause. Late in the second half, uh, there was a ball at the net, and Danny was on the ground, and my foot. I, I whiffed about ten times, Pete. It was it was pretty embarrassing. One of the times I missed, missed I uh, I hit Danny he, Jackson. He did not whiff. On you, my head. When you <laughs> yeah. close your eyes, it's quite colorful. Oh, it's quite colorful. Gosh. Yeah. You know, but hey, listen. I talked to Wade Webber walking out. The I feel field, so bad. And I turned to him. I was like, you know what? I can still take a hit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you do have uh, you do have quite the quite the bruise there, the yeah. black eye. So uh, I, I have a, I have a growler for for Georgetown beer. In, I think in, I needed it after the game. <laughs> One quell on yeah. your eye. Quell yeah. the pain. <laughs> So, uh, but it was nine to six, and we did pull off we the victory. Did. We so, won. so uh, that's all that counts. Three it's, points. It's you know what? Three, three points. points. <laughs> three points exactly. <laughs> what <It's> is just <laughs> just to clarify? You two were on the same. No, on the same. On the same team. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm not sure if yeah. you can get a red card when you injure your own teammate. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's possible. You can't get a beating in the locker room <laughs> post game. Yeah, the referee yeah. thankfully didn't card me on that oh, one. But uh, yeah. what's your status for the next charity game next year? Are you? Is it questionable? Questionable at this concussion point. Concussion protocol. Going through the concussion protocol first. right now. You know, we'll have to see if I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'd play if you're not playing. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to sit the next one out. I'll just be one of the coaches and uh, not uh, not be part of that one. But uh, good to hear that everything All is good. okay. And, All good. And what uh, was your name again? Uh, oh well. <laughs> now I'm actually concerned. Uh, back here at CenturyLink Field, Sounders falling to the Portland Timbers 3-2 today. Now it's time to take a look at what's next for the Seattle Sounders. It's brought to you by Bill Corm's Puyallup Nissan. Nissan, easy, like a Sunday morning. It is the Colorado Rapids. Uh, they do play tomorrow in Vancouver, uh, so they will have a short week, just like the Sounders, but even less of a day. Looking at this Western Conference table, they are right now below Seattle. Uh, when we look on, they're, they're pretty much equal, these two teams. Uh, Seattle has played 15 matches, so has Colorado. Uh, three, let's see, three, three, and nine. Am I looking here? Uh, three, nine, and three. Excuse me. But Same the, as Seattle. Yeah, but the dif- yeah, but the difference here is the differential. And for Seattle, it's eight, and for Colorado, it's nine. I believe that is updated now. That's, so, let's just remember that's that's negative eight. Yeah, negative yeah, nine. yeah, exactly. So, so unfortunately, uh, Seattle right now at ten, Colorado at eleven. So this is a team that. This is absolutely a team that they can go and beat up on. Well, it's just a it's just a must win. You, right? you have to I mean, you, you have to go points. on the road and you, do if this. You, if you if you lose this game, God forbid, then 
then there's some real, you know, uh, conversations to be had, right? Yeah, well, we've been saying this a lot, haven't we? We've said this about a lot of games. Yeah. Brian has said it. Brian said, yeah. hey, we got to go win this one. We yeah. expect to win this one. We expect to win. Um, but all you can do, and, and listen, uh, the Chicago Cubs win 107 years. Is that right? Without winning a World Series, yeah. right? We've got to stick behind this team, uh, behind players, coaches, front office. Uh, we've had... We, this is our tenth year. We've had nine years yeah. of no, it's amazing. of going to the playoffs and filling the stadium and having some tremendous times. There is going to be a time when things dip, yep. right? And there will be in sports franchises. There are times when teams start to make changes and they start to pull out players that have done it for a number of years. And to your point, Danny, there will be after this game, after the game at Colorado, you have to. It really forces yep. ownership. Everyone to start but, uh, assessing where they're at. And, you know, the, this game is, is a strange one, right? Defensively, we've actually been decent over the course of sure. the year. Goals against has been low, certainly lower than a lot of teams in our conference. You know, problem has been scoring goals. We scored two today, but we gave up three. So, you know, it's just uh, it's a funny one. And it, it's tough to swallow when you have those situations when, you, like you said, you manage possession well. You have decent tempo, but where's the cutting edge? And then again, as you mentioned, Pete, it's uh, it's sometimes it's just a one v one situation, and you got to you got to beat your man to the ball. And today, it just didn't happen. So on July fourth, the match will kick off at six p.m. I would encourage all of you who are out at barbecues, making some hot dogs, making some hamburgers, about ready to watch the fireworks. It's it's pretty easy. Just get your little FM AM radio out there, well, just right next to the barbecue. Turn it to nine fifty a.m. and listen to a Sounders match while you're at your barbecue on on Wednesday night. I think that's a very good plan. So I expect all of you to. Do do that on Wednesday evening, and hopefully we're all listening to a Sounders victory. Uh, before we do uh, go off the air, and by the way, Sounders Weekly also Tuesday evening, 7 to 8 p.m. on 950 KGR. Going to talk to Garth Lagaway about the Raul Rui Diaz signing. Will be an exciting show this Tuesday at 7 p.m. and then before the match on Wednesday, which we'll also talk about. But before we sign off tonight, we, we, as we always do, talk about the World Cup a little oh, yeah. bit. And this is a wild day because <laughs> in one day of the World Cup, both. I would say the two best players in the world, right. Messi and Ronaldo, both out of the World Cup as Argentina and Portugal fall today. Yeah, sh- shocking for those two. But honestly, Argentina without Messi uh, is. Did they make the World it Cup? It was. It was a for them. It was. It really was a shambolic World Cup. I mean, yeah. rumors are that that players were picking the team. I mean, the coach like he looks like he's gonna have a heart attack every time he walks up and down, pacing up and down the field. I mean, it, it was just. By all accounts, a bit of a shambolic um, World Cup for the team. They got through. They scored a great goal with Rojo scored to get them through. But today, you know, they didn't play Aguero. They didn't play Higuain up front. You know, Messi plays as the point guy up front. It's tough. They would absorb pressure, try to get on the counter. They got three goals with a 4-3 win. But France, who looked poor in the qualifying, really stepped on the gas. Mbappe was was a solid player. Two goals, the speed, the strength, the ability to combine with Giroud, who's the target man. I mean, they, they look good. They were one of the favorites going in. They're good. We look at you know Uruguay being Portugal, as you mentioned, with Ronaldo going out. The games tomorrow, Spain, Russia. Well, Russia, yes, they scored, they scored a lot of goals in the first two games. Pretty useless. I think yeah. Spain should really, really dominate that game. Croatia, Denmark, Croatia, I think they're one of the outside favorites. You know, they came in. Nobody really gave them a good look. Germany, teams like that were the favorites. Croatia have got, I think, three of the best midfield fielders uh, in this tournament um, in their team. And then you shift like a Brazil, Mexico. That'd, That'd be a be great, great game. That's something for us to watch. Belgium, Japan, and then obviously the, the most important game, England, Colombia. <laughs> 
I have my uh, England top yes. in my car. I bring it out quite a bit. Belgium, to me, has been impressive. You talk about yeah. Yeah. Uh, a group of three being so important. Uh, Hazard for uh, De Bruyne. They, they've just... those. They've really been a fun team to watch. Mexico, yeah. I think they've been a complete side. Uh, you get momentum in these tournaments. You get confidence in these tournaments. I think what killed Germany was the one nothing lost to Mexico. Mm -hmm. And Mexico gets elevated. That's a massive win for them. They get the joy of winning and the and the uh, the drink in the deer's blood, right? They want it again. Uh, and you get on a rhythm. And when there's disruption, we saw it with France a couple of World Cups ago where the, the, the team implodes before they even hit the field. Yeah. So, uh, But it's fun. This has yeah. been a highly, I don't know if because the U.S. is not in it, and, and maybe we look at it's it. It's fun with, because the <laughs> Well, because yeah. maybe we Here, let me finish. We can look more. Yeah. yeah. Because the U.S. isn't in it, for me, I'm looking at every game. Right. And I'm, I'm not looking at implications as much. My parents are English. Got to <laughs> stay with the hometown uh, team, of course. But And that's been fun. It's been fun to see yeah. uh, their success this year. And a lot of great goals. Been, oh, it's God, been really yeah. entertaining. It's been, it's been super entertaining. Lots of goals. Big players have stepped up. Look at the Ronaldo and the Messi. They've stepped up at times when they needed to. But you look at England. I mean, you know, they lost to Belgium 1-0. Losing actually was probably the better case scenario all around. There was a lot of debate on how do you set up your teams. Both teams made a lot of changes. But I think uh, Gary Neville said it right. You know, uh, the old England and Man United right back. He said on the TV, if you would have given England... Colombia, and then a combination of either Switzerland or Sweden. If you won those two games, you go to the World Cup semifinals, you'd grab it and run. Yeah. Right? You would absolutely grab it and run. And we talk about Mexico, what a great start they had. Well, Sweden and our boy Svensson hammered them 3-0. So the question is, do they kind of bounce back and kind of get that feel-good factor again going into a, a game against... Brazil, right? Is that what I said? Yeah, facing, yeah, facing like, the I last mean, big star here, Neymar. You know, yeah. And that, that's, that's England's benefit, right? You know, they don't go in um, to play Japan, and the winner of uh, the Japan-Belgium game, I believe, plays Brazil. So yeah. um, that's a tough one. Here's you know, the deal. I, uh, in, in the at, the, at the beginning of the World Cup, my back went out. I was with the team in New York, uh, the Sounders. Uh, Good timing, Pete. Good timing. Perfect oh. timing. I spent four days in bed, and I had to explain to my lovely wife on a regular basis, now nah, my back's really bad. So I, every day... I need my back to go out again for another couple oh, yeah. of weeks because uh, I would love Do to. Do some yard work. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll help the guys break down the set today. Uh, but it was so great. I watched, I'd say, the first 15 games. Yeah, it's uh, been outstanding. Yeah, it's been, it's been really you, you know, because I, of my back. Yeah. Because of my back. But I, I would say, you know, what you want as a fan and what you want as a player is you want to just perform at the best you can, right? Yes. On that stage, yeah. that opportunity. There's not many times you get to play multiple World Cups. Um, to have the opportunity to play the best you can play. I mean, even look at Panama. Um, they scored goals. They, they gave themselves a decent account of themselves. They had a tough group, of course, with England and Belgium. But, you know, they can have a great experience. Svensson, obviously, making it into the qualifying rounds. Who would have thought with Germany and Mexico in the group? It was a tough one for them. They came through. And, uh, you know, they've got a shot as well. I mean, they play Switzerland. Then they get the winner of uh, Colombia, England. I mean, they will take that as well to you get to the semifinals. You think about Roman Torres coming back and Gustav Svensson coming back to the yeah. locker room. And the experience. Yeah, and, yeah. and Svensson is going to come back with a, a much different. Roman's going to come back and say, hey, guys, uh, who do we play next? Yeah. Let's get going. Let's get back to soccer again. But Svensson has to. You know, we've, and we've spent some time with him, interviewing him. What a 
I can see why he's on the squad. He was a he was a choice before they they announced the team and they said he was in it. And he's being used right now as kind of like a key defensive guy in the second half oh, this week. He's, he's, not, he's not just like a yep. player just sitting there. They're they're using him actively. He just came like on towards yeah. the end of qualifying for Sweden. I think it was the playoff game uh, against Italy. He came on in the first half and the first in, with 50 minutes. And there was an injury. He came on, played the majority of the game, and did great. And, and Sweden obviously qualified. But uh, you know, we talk about this whole week. We're trying to make sure we have enough. You're not too deep, and we can kind of claw ourselves out. When you think about the quality of player coming back, Rudy Diaz playing up front, Roman Torres playing centre back, and Svensson playing midfield. That spine, those three players to come back yeah. into this team right now. But when you look at the team on paper, they were strong today. We said, Pete, these, these actually teams. Are, this is a good team that we're putting out. Fortunately, we couldn't get the result. But you've got three quality players. Big-time players, World Cup players coming back into this team. It's going to be exciting to see. And we are going to look to the next game here, July 4th. It's going to be at Colorado once again on, uh, on uh, Independence Day there, July 4th. So while you're cooking up your burgers and hot dogs, tune to 950 KJR on your little AM, FM radios. Put it on iHeartRadio, your little iHeartRadio app. We're going to be doing the call here, uh, pregame, halftime, postgame, as well as uh, Matt Johnson will be on the call from Colorado. Uh, and that's where the results need to start coming because this red line is looking more and more, you know, further and further away. So if you can start to climb up a little bit more, and that starts July 4th against Colorado. That'll do it here for the Sanders FC match here against the Portland Timbers. Portland walks in here, gets their first MLS regular season win at CenturyLink Field, 3-2 to to today over the Seattle Sounders. want to thank Terry Ryan here at CenturyLink, Nate Nelson back in the studio, my partners here in the booth, Seattle University head coach Pete Fewing, former Sounder captain Danny Jackson. Danny, hope the eye feels a little bit better, and, and uh, we will make sure that uh, doesn't happen at next year's uh, event. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> for, for Jackson Fells here, uh, thanks to everybody. Seattle Sounders fall 3-2 to today to the Portland Timbers. You can listen to Sounders Weekly Tuesday at 7 p.m. here on 950KJR. And then the Sounders face the Colorado Rapids Wednesday, July 4th, 6 p.m. Tune in. You've been listening to the Sounders FC Soccer post-match coverage on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Sounders FC Soccer is brought to you by Redap. Accelerate your utilization of cloud. Learn more at Redap.com. By ProLiance Surgeons, providing convenient same-day surgery and individualized care. ProLiance Surgeons is the hospital alternative. By Washington's Lottery. Just imagine what you'd do if you won. Play today. Tune in next time when your Seattle Sounders FC take on on Colorado Rapids.